everyone. Welcome back to the Girl of Gen Z podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa. And today I have a special guest by the name of Nora Shibley on the show. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. Um, hi, Clarissa. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> of course, of course. Do you want to tell everyone what your title is and what you do as of right now? And then we'll jump backwards a little bit and tell you got into that. Yes. Um, so I am a senior hairstylist as well as makeup artist. Um, I have a business in Port Credit, a hair salon and uh, makeup as well. And uh, we've been open for about two years now. That's amazing. So let's dive a little deeper. We're going to go deeper into this. Let's start at your childhood. So how was your upbringing? Um, my parents were very strict, I would say. Um, what's, your, what's your background, nationality? I'm Lebanese. Yes. Okay. Fully, like both sides family? Yes, okay. both sides, yeah. Um, my parents were very strict when we were younger. Um, very family-oriented, um, cultural as well. I have two older brothers, too. Um, How was that? It was interesting. It was interesting having <laughs> two older brothers, for sure. Um, everywhere I went, I was their younger sister. So um, everybody in the neighborhood knew me before I even went to school. So I tried to kind of, you know, make my own name. Yeah. What was the age gap between you and them? Um, four years between my middle brother and seven years between my eldest brother. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So strict family household. You had two older brothers. You're yeah. always known as the younger sister. Um, how was going to the same school as them? I guess were you at the same school at the same time? At least with one of them. Um, well, my middle brother would... When I went into school, he just graduated. So he was a year ahead of me, basically, okay. when he was graduating. So um, when I went to high school, um, one one of them went to Gordon Graydon, one of them went to Cawthor Park, and uh, I didn't want to go to either one. <laughs> I didn't want to be known as their little sister. So, so I, that was the sole reason? Yes. That you chose differently? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I begged my parents, um, and finally they agreed, and I went to St. Paul's instead. <laughs> and how was that? It was good. Um, I'm not Catholic, so going to a Catholic high school was different, um, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't just based on, you know, religion. They had really good education, um, and it was good to learn. I like to be educated and learn a little bit about everything, so it was it was interesting, that's for sure, but okay. I made good friends as well. Awesome. So what were some of your, I guess, courses that you were took most interest in in school? Um so two opposite things, very opposite. <laughs> um, I was interested in hair and makeup from the beginning, but I also wanted to be a lawyer. So like I took law in high school um, until grade 11 when I took law and uh, realized there was a lot of schooling. Um, and I'm more of a visual person, hands-on. Um, at that moment, my mom is also an esthetician. She had the opportunity to buy a salon that she was working at. So it kind of gave me a little bit of a push to go in that direction. Um, so then, yeah, I ended up sticking to cosmetology and pretty much graduated from that. Okay. So you graduated high school. You didn't take a victory lap or an extra year or anything like that. I did. My, oh, my did. last high school, uh, my, my, my grade 12 was a little bit difficult. Um, in what I, sense? Like I, like um, classes were hard or, well, actually my last month, I would probably say before graduation, I, um, I had missed a lot of school that year. We just had a rough year and, uh, um, the principal felt that I didn't have enough hours and I wasn't in class enough to graduate. Okay. So I decided instead of going back, I would actually take my GED. So I took a year off. Um, I worked in banking, which is very random. <laughs> did you like it? I liked it. I did. I liked it. Um, I enjoyed it, but it, but again, it wasn't like my passion, right? Yeah. It was just kind of a filler job yes. for the meantime until you figured out the rest yes. of your stuff. I'm like a very organized person. So like I was pretty good with, you know, with working in that industry, but it wasn't my passion. And, uh, so I took my GED and then I went to uh, private hairstyling school. He graduated from that a year later. Wow. So it was only a year program. Yeah. It's a year program. Okay. Yeah. And it, how is it intense? 
Um, you know what? A lot of people think that hairstyling is very easy. A lot of people think that it's um, just hands-on and like a hobby, but there's a lot of science behind it. And uh, you just have to, I mean, you have to be focused when you're in school and it's hard when you're in college. You're young and you want to kind of have fun and there's a lot of information coming at you. You have to know uh, how to deal with people. You have to know how to learn uh, color theory. You have to learn how to, um, you know, learn everything behind it, why you're doing what you're doing. You have to learn the hazards and as well. So there's there's a lot of different things that, you know, you have to learn in that process. Right. But um, but yeah, overall, I think the school I went to was great. And uh, where was it? Was it um, Marka College. It was Mississauga. Yeah, it's like okay. Burnham Thorpe and Dixie. Burnham Thorpe and Dixie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And how many people were in your graduating class? Because it was only a year, so I feel like the yeah. dropout rate wouldn't be that high. Yeah, but... well, the way that they do it is they have new students starting every month. So, yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Isn't that, the, won't they be behind? Well, they have, like, multiple teachers. So the way the program works is um, I start at basics. So basics is, like, um, hair, like basic hair knowledge, um, shampooing and, you know, starting from scratch. And then after I've done my month program, somebody else comes in and now they take that class. Now I move on to hair cutting or coloring. Oh, so you almost like bump one another yes. to the next kind of round. So they have people graduating pretty much every month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Holy. So where you're meeting new people all the time and then like some people graduate with you. Some don't have enough hours. It's an hour based schooling. So like you need X amount of hours to graduate by your end contract date. And if you don't have those hours, then you have to continue to pay to go back per day. So, oh my God. Yeah. So you, you don't have a lot of time to like, you know, not go to school. You really need to go to <laughs> you school. You really have to be focused. And I yeah. feel like a lot of people wouldn't have been working part-time on the side alongside yeah. this. Like this was kind of. Yeah. I needed to work part-time, but I was in school nine to five. So like to work retail after that, it's pretty to hard. Make not a lot of money either was difficult. So I ended up getting a bartending job, which obviously my parents hated since they're so strict. <laughs> <laughs> How did that conversation go? Um, my mom was like, my mom was usually the one that, um, kind of like was like I'll talk to your dad I'll talk to your dad so you know she found out she was like okay you know you need a job you know my dad always kind of raised me where I was um if you want to have a car and you want to have these things you need to pay for it so I had a car I had insurance I had a phone I needed to pay for it so Retail, you had all those things all coming those right things. out of well I guess okay when you went yeah to when I was in school like I was lucky enough and fortunate that they paid for my college but I had to if I wanted these things I needed to pay for them so, uh, so is that exactly how you explained it? Like, yeah, pretty much. I need cash. Yeah. This job works for, yeah. for and my dad's like, well, why can't you work in a rest, a nice restaurant, a nice Italian restaurant or something <laughs> like that, you know? And I was like, well, it's not making the same kind of money, you yeah, know, yeah. the place I worked out, I didn't have to do like tip outs and stuff. It was like a family run Portuguese bar. Oh, that's They sweet. were like busy with sports games. Are they still open? Yeah, they're still open. Um, so they ended up selling to, um, a guy who's Italian actually. So now he kind of switched over a little bit. Okay. But yeah, it's still open. It's in Mississauga too. How many years did you work there? Just that one year? While no, you I ended up working there six years. Holy. Yeah. Okay. Well, clearly it was good <laughs> enough to hold on for six years because yeah. otherwise you would have been gone after you were done yeah, in school. Yeah. Once you start making those tips, like it's very hard to, and I understand why people, when they work bartending or serving, why when they, when they weigh out their option of starting their career, they're like, I'm making more money doing this. Yeah. And I understand why, you know, sometimes they have a difficult time processing and moving on to the next right it's people say it starts to become an addiction like yeah i remember when i was at school and my roommate uh said she worked at a golf course as a server and then i was talking about hating my job in the greenhouse <laughs> that my brother convinced me into saying it was good money the boss was never around like i'd be able to like take breaks when i want but you were just unloading plants from the trucks all day yeah 
Um, I was like, this is not for me. And my roommate was like, listen, like once I went serving, I never turned back. Like I just kept, I kept going for those kind of jobs yeah. because, um, as a female, I, I can't really speak to a male because I haven't really put that to the test. You make, yeah, you make some good money. So as soon as I made mm -hmm. that transition, she was right. And I never looked back either. Yeah. I just stayed with the serving and bartending. And it is it is a little bit more of a flexible job. And depending how many days a week you do work and you are able to, I think you are able to kind of jumpstart a career yeah. with working a more flexible job like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely gave me a head start with, you know, financially because I was able to save a lot more money faster. Yeah. If I had worked retail, I wouldn't have made nearly as much money and even when I graduated uh college and I started hairstyling even though I was working for my my mom's business at the time um I still was used to a certain amount of money so working minimum wage at that point wasn't really enough for, me. It for you yeah so I continued the bartending and it overlapped hairstyling for like five years pretty much oh until my. I built up a clientele and I was like okay now I can kind of either you know go in commission or um, make my own money. And when it kind of started, you know, hairstyling started making me more money than the bartending. Um, I probably actually would have stayed doing it, but my Saturdays were a little bit difficult because I was working late Friday nights, working Saturdays at the salon, working Saturday night at the bar again. So that's kind of you where I stopped. Yeah. You start to, uh, you miss your social life, yeah. your sleep. Yes. Um, your diet kind of goes oh, yeah, out no the window. Social life. Like, yeah, everything, everything, <laughs> things start to give, unfortunately. Yeah. But like when you see those, those, those dollar signs on oh, yeah. paper, um, that's really I feel you. I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So let's fast forward then to your mom taking over a salon. Yes. Yes. It, it wasn't one she had opened. No, she actually took over that business was, uh, around for 25 years when she took over. Was that in Mississauga? Uh, it was in Lauren Park. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, Lauren Park Road in Lakeshore. So she was an esthetician there. Yes. And then what had happened with the ownership? They were just like, we're looking to um, sell or what was the... Well, the owners were... You can go into as much detail or as little detail as you want. Yeah, the owners were, I guess, at a point where they had been hairstyling for 30 plus years. And it was um, two women. And I think they got to a point where they didn't want as much responsibility. And instead of selling to a stranger, they, they gave the staff the option first. Okay. And obviously my mom, knowing that I wanted to get into that industry she was like well let me see so when she asked me it was kind of like well if you're gonna do this i'm gonna buy it but if you're not i'm not so i see where she's coming from though yeah, like she's I, only I going all in if yes. you're gonna kind of keep up your end yes okay so at that point she decided yeah she decided to buy it over and uh we stayed there for a good amount of years and then we decided to so how old were you at that point i was 21 no 20 i was 20 at that 20 age. and you yeah. stayed there for how many years we were at that location we stayed for about two years after she bought it over okay and then we moved the salon to port credit okay yeah. so did it have the same name then yes so when oh. you first started coming to me bells and bows yes we just moved from lauren park to port credit and we bought the property in port credit we built the salon like you know from the ground up there yeah, yeah. and yeah same name we kept everything and then that's pretty much when you started coming to me when we yeah, were there i was gonna say i think i've been going now for eight ish this is crazy yeah, say, nine -ish years. i have not switched hairdressers <laughs> you're like know. when you find your one you don't yes. move like you follow them around until like okay if they like, yes. leave the country it's different but yes. like yeah you don't leave <laughs> so i remember a girl at school which we don't really unfortunately talk that much anymore but at the time um her and her sister had went there and i was in grade eight and she was like oh like this new place opened and poor credit like you've got to go they're so nice and, like it's so pretty inside and I was like mom like I'm sick of getting my hair cut at first choice they always cut it crooked <laughs> sorry first choice but it's like you get what you pay for there yes. so then we made the transition over and then 
never looked back yeah and i still remember <laughs> when your mom you was bringing you and she would pre-call me she would call ahead and say like the girls are gonna say only like a quarter inch or half an inch you're gonna to take two inches off yeah yeah she every would, single time she you would guys tell would her every time and she only told me this recently yeah. like within the last year nor was like oh by the way your mom used to call me and like make sure i cut more off because yeah. like you would you guys we would argue in this a lot yeah. like me my sister and my you mom you wanted to keep your long hair you guys both have beautiful long dark hair and you wanted to keep it yeah. long yeah but she's like they're ironing it they're straightening it you know they it's need so to listen dead. to me yeah and I i'm like, paying for it she was the parent but yeah like, well i found a happy medium i'm like hey i agreed to both and then i'm like i'll take an inch off it'll like you know yeah. nobody's gonna notice a half an inch and i can please both of you yeah that's true that's, because if i took too much smart, off you would never way. have come back yeah <laughs> even if she's paying you wouldn't have come back you'd be like i don't like her you're she smart. took too much off yeah. you're smart do they teach you that in school no <laughs> <laughs> that was just your own little like yeah. thing you came up with that's yeah. crazy okay so you moved to the port credit location and how did the process of building from the ground up go um because now you're a little older older you're 22 23 i was yeah i think at that point by the time we ended up opening it i was 21 22 yeah yeah i was around that age um during that time we had a little bit of like some family difficulties so it was a little bit of a rough patch but um we ended up yeah we bought a property in port credit and um we pretty much you know demolished the whole building and we rebuilt it um during that process there's a lot of um a lot of things with the city that we had to clear up we had to get permits all kinds of stuff so yeah, it, they process. overlapped it was about a year from when we first bought the property until we were able to finish all the permits finish Holy. all the zoning with the city there was all kinds of stuff that we had to go through and then finally we were able to pretty much move over so we are the it overlapped like the mortgage and the rent overlap for a year and it's hard for any new business to do that 100 percent. you know it's it was a difficult process but i think because it was me and my mom we had good support for each other so yeah we were able to stick it out and then yeah when we opened it was it was like perfect it was pretty much everything we ima imagined because we were able to do you can customize anything you want so i had this vision of what i wanted it to look like and at the end of the day you know my mom wanted me to do it but i was also young so she was kind of like okay, let's see what you're going to do. So I pretty much told her, this is how I want the hair part. You can take care of the spa and whatever you want to do at the spa, but let me kind of design the hair part. And she let me and it, it, it so I she gave you free range. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Luckily we had a, a friend of hers who does custom woodwork and he built all the stations, um, custom for me. So I just kind of like That's designed it super with him. clutch yeah. to have someone like that. Oh yeah. Like, He's still around. <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. He did some stuff for me in the salon now too. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I'd like <laughs> him to do more, ones. but it gets a little pricey when you're doing custom work. Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You're not building from templates anymore. It's yeah. from scratch. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So, um, how did your client, um, or clientele, I guess, switch or transfer over to when you moved to Port Credit? Like, did you say like, we're kind of on hold until this place opens? What was the feedback you were getting? Were they frustrated? Yeah. Like, where did you send them? Did you cut hair out of your house? <laughs> like, what did you do at that point? Well, during that time, because they overlapped, we were, we were still doing some of them in Lauren Park. Okay. Uh, we were still working there. And I think there was a two week period where it was only two weeks where we did everything. So the second that everything was ready, we, we moved everything from one salon to the other. We we had a whole new, we went from like, they were using books. So like appointment books to write appointments, like old school. So we went from that to now getting like a whole POS system, a booking system, like you everything, text computers. When things ready, like, yeah. Yeah, so during that transition, I had to set all that up and then we had to put all this inventory into it and I had to add all every single service that you could think of for hair and I had to add every client that we ever had into the system. So we were there till like 3 a.m. every night. We were painting. We were doing everything. Like my mom actually really put her heart and soul into it. Like she she worked hard. Yeah. Like 
It's funny because she did more stuff than my dad did when it came like hands on. <laughs> but it's um, funny how it works out sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's why I do a lot of that kind of stuff too. But yeah, the process was, uh, it was interesting. It was definitely a lot of work, a lot of late nights. Um, but when you're doing it for your own, you really don't mind it as much. Like, yeah, it's your passion. Exactly. Like yeah. you said, so you're willing to put the work in cause you're like imagining this dream coming yeah. true. Right. Yeah. Especially cause I was young and I got to kind of like think of how the stations I wanted it to look like and everything. So it was really exciting for me too. Um, what'd you take inspo from? Um, you know what? Some of it was from just, you know, places that I had seen. So like, you know, visually seeing salons and some of it was from, I think at the time was Pinterest. Cause I don't think I was on, ins- I mean, maybe it was Instagram at the time, but I'm pretty sure it was more Pinterest. Yeah. Um, some stuff was online and some stuff was honestly what I thought was going to be, um, comfortable for the client, comfortable for me and convenient. Like a lot of stations, there's not a lot of room for your hot tools. There's not a lot of room for clients to put their coffee or have their purse and stuff like, and they're kind of just like back to back mirrors everywhere. And I didn't want that. I wanted people to feel like they had enough space in between each other to have a conversation Smart. where you're not eavesdropping on the person beside you. Yeah. What's the main complaint you hear all the time for women? Yeah. Where can I put my bag? I don't yeah. want to put it on the floor. My bag's a thousand dollars. You mean put it on the floor. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm a strong believer in that too. I'm like, don't put it on the floor. Yeah. Like yeah. my mom always says, if you put your purse on the floor, you're going to be broke. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not. It's obviously superstitious. But. No, but I'm glad you really, <laughs> you really thought it out. It wasn't just all glitz and glamour. Like you had yeah. some, some theory behind the madness yes. in a way, you know? Yes, exactly. And you know, some clients um did have a difficult time because there was clients that first were already upset with the takeover, like kind of like a little bit of a takeover, right? Because they were now we came in and it was this old school salon with like, you know, plants everywhere and like that light pink color. And we wanted to make it modern and new without making the stylists that were there feeling uncomfortable either. But it was hard because when you're letting go of your business for that amount of time, and have seeing somebody else take over like it's difficult for sure so when we did the when we moved to port credit kind of everybody had gone their ways at that point we had hired some new staff and uh but you know some clients wanted to stay in their area like even though it's not only like a 10 to 15 minute drive some people it's a little bit far for them like yeah i remember you saying like yeah. when you're at a different salon a little bit later in mm-hmm. your career path um you said that it was frustrating when clients needed to take public transportation because yeah that bus route didn't go to this new yes, spot. So, yes. you know, when you're older and elderly and maybe you have a cane, like you, it's yes. not, it's not as easy as like a young person to take yeah. a couple buses and just block out that time of the day. Like, yeah. Some of them even walked from the area that they were in and, and we just wanted the traffic. We just wanted like being on Lakeshore, being directly on Lakeshore. I thought that it was going to take us from where we were being this type of salon, being in a plaza that was a little bit more hidden. I wanted to kind of take us to the next level and I thought that us being directly on Lakeshore and Port Credit where people can walk and there's a lot of access and every type of clientele we could cater to, whether it was families, it was, you know, um, the same clientele we had it was, you know, the younger generation, everything. We just wanted to be able to cater to everybody. And 100%. I, I think that move, moving my, my career, especially not just the salon into Port Credit, I think was definitely a good decision. Big smart move. Where I am now too. Awesome. So after Bells and Bows, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> had closed down Mm -hmm. what what was the deciding factor for that um well during that time um my mom my mom had a little bit of hardship my dad had passed away during that time and it was a little bit rough and I've always been pretty much my mom's best friend so working together living together and you know grieving and doing everything everything was a little bit tough it was affecting our personal relationship I remember at one point my brothers were even like, we're so tired of being in the middle of you, like you guys. Like, yeah, they're putting a tough spot yeah, too. I'm venting to them. She's venting to them. Be like, <laughs> I understand your point of view. I understand your point of view until they had enough, you know, like it was great, but it was actually affecting our personal relationship. Like 
I was living with her at the time still. So when I would go home, I wouldn't want to hang out with my mom. Like I would be like, I'm just going out because you need a break. I needed a break. And at, at one point, a, I saw how stressed she was because now she has a burden of, I mean, even though we were all above the age of 20, she still has three kids to take care of. She had been with my dad since she was 16. So she didn't know any better. Um, so now she has two mortgages, you know, and she has a family to take care of. So it was stressful on her. Um, and I was too young to kind of step in and take over the, the financial responsibility as well. And obviously it affect our personal relationships. Right. So at that point I was like, maybe it's better for us to not work together to kind of, you know, have a good relationship still. Like I did everything with her. So that's kind of our deciding factor where we decided, okay, let's, let's, we ended up selling the property and how did that go? Who had the conversation with who? So or was it kind of mutual? Like you both were like, Oh, I we think were we both, both thinking this. Yeah. Okay, I think God. we both kind of see for me, it, I envisioned myself being like an edu- a salon, edu- like a hair educator. So I wanted to work for Wella or work for Redkin. And then I also wanted to like travel. Like at that point in my life, I thought it would be really nice to like travel and do work. Um, well, you're in your twenties. So yeah. I mean, that's what everyone says, like yeah. live it up in your twenties. Yeah. And I knew that like the second that I established that clientele and I stopped to do something like that, I was, wasn't going to get that clientele back. So I thought if it's I'm going to do it at any point in time, I'm going to do it now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the same time, I, you know, I just had visioned something different for myself and I always wanted to be a business owner definitely, but I think it was a little bit of everything at that point. And it was a mutual conversation pretty much where we decided. And obviously as soon as my brothers heard that, they're like, yep, that was the first thing that we suggested. Like you guys need to just, you know, you don't need to work together, you know? And my mom didn't need the stress of running a business. Like at that point, she just needed to like go to work, you know, enjoy what she's doing, but yes. not take on the financial responsibility, the hours, yes. the like, yeah, literally everything, paying like, the employees, like making sure everything gets done. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. So I think it was, you know, when I look at it now, I definitely think, if I knew everything that I knew now and I had this knowledge when I was 22, 23, I would have went to the bank and insisted on getting whatever loan I could possibly get and take over everything. But obviously I was young and I didn't know. You're following the footsteps you thought you yeah, like yeah. were in front of you and you saw hundred percent. You can only yeah. do so much, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I, I do think that it led me to where I am now too, because if I didn't branch off and go work at another salon and see what actually was out there, I was kind of in this little bubble where I had only had to work um, kind of for my mom. Like yeah. I had worked at another salon when I was 16 assisting, but again, I was 16. It was a little bit different. I was just being an assistant on Saturdays. So I think I needed to kind of get out there and see what it was like and work for another place. And, you know, I mean, it was a big difference, but I think I needed to see it so I could, it could take me to where I am now. A hundred percent. So then let's transition to that next place. So <laughs> you left Bells and Bows is gone. <laughs> and then you went to another salon in Port Credit or is um, this the one in Lauren Park? At that time I had moved to Clarkson. Clarkson. Oh my gosh. I'm like okay. back and forth. So we went to Clarkson. <laughs> back and forth. And you were a senior hairstylist then or what, yes. what was your title? That I you was held? a senior hairstylist there. So I had brought my clientele with me. At this point I had established a good clientele. Um, I remember getting the text because you're like, I'm moving. Like yes. just letting everyone know. I'm like, oh, thank God. She yes. like, once yes. she closed, she was still going to do the same thing because yes. like, I don't know where I would have gone. I know. I know. And I wanted to make sure that I like reached out to every client as possible. It was you know, very to, good of you. To let them know. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't want to go too far because again, you know in the past I've obviously seen that people are not going to follow you that far so I had to stay within like a certain amount of distance yeah so um where were you living sorry to interrupt um so it's still with your mom at this point we sold our family house that we were in for 20 plus years okay and um I moved out on my own 
Okay. Yeah. And were you in the Port Credit um, area? I was living in a condo by Square One. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At that at that time, for about two years, I was living in a condo by Square One. So now I had like my own place, know, my own place, my own yeah. things to pay for. Yeah. So um, when I moved to that new salon in Clarkson, I brought my clients with me, and um, they it was a, it was a whole different pay structure, it was a whole different system, like they want you to be on this, you know, minimum wage hourly, which I can understand. But at the same time, I'm bringing in clients and I'm used to a certain way. So I was okay. I'm like, let's just, you know, let's see how it goes. Was it negotiable? Negotiable? Why yeah. can't I speak? Okay. Ne- ne- negotiable? Yeah. <laughs> or was that very like, no, we, like you start at that rate and we'll talk about it like That's later? That's what they said. They okay. basically said you're starting. I said, I want to go on commission because I know, you know, what clients I have. If you don't have a clientele, going on commission doesn't make sense. But when you have a clientele, you want to make the most that you can make. And, 100%. and if, if I'm getting paid hourly and I'm, you know, working this, this many clients, I was kind of like, I did the math and I'm like, it would make sense for me to go on commission. So... I had asked them that and they were like, well, typically it takes, you know, these levels of sales to kind of get into going on commission. So they said, let's just see how it goes. So I said, okay, I needed a job at this point, a place to work. So you didn't have much of an option, I guess. Yeah. So you're like, let's just play it out. Let's just do it. Like I I was like, I wanted to find a good salon. And, and I also during that time went to a few interviews to be an educator. And when I realized, um, I mean the traveling part, I think I was okay with, but it wasn't as glamorous as I thought it was going to be. So it was a lot of traveling. Um, it wasn't uh, as much money that I had just been making too. So like I definitely, I, I didn't want to, you know, it's okay to go down a little bit when you're kind of starting and moving around. But I also didn't want to um, lose all my clientele and make less money. And then I was worried Start that- Start from ground zero again yes. and have to work all the way up. Exactly. Especially like working at the bar and doing all these things. I tried to set myself up. Oh yeah, you're I still wanted, working the bar at that yeah, point. Yeah, I wanted to oh, buy a house my. by the time I was 25. I wanted to have like at this time I finally bought myself a BMW. I was like, I wanna, I wanted to like my expectations for me at 25, like were high. Were high, and I wanted to get to that point. But now I'm kind of like, only have a couple years to get there. How am I gonna get there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I went there, I was working at the bar still. So I was like, okay, you know what? If I'm gonna go on hourly, at least you know it'll make up the difference by me working at the bar. Right. And then after about three months of trying and I brought my clients over there and it just wasn't enough for me. Like, and, um, I met a lot of good people there, um, made friends with a few people too. And the owner was a fantastic woman. Like she had had that salon for 50 years and she is very knowledgeable and, um, she just had a really good like grace about her. I just, I don't know. She, I just really like working for her. And I even like when I had, approached her to kind of say it wasn't enough money I had already it was a hard conversation to have but I already it had always it in my is head. when when you're uh, on really good terms yes, with the person that's the you're like, is it gonna part. be awkward or they can understand yes. are they gonna yes. see eye to eye with me yes and I think at that point too like for me like I always try to leave on good terms no matter what it is I don't like to like you know hold no bad blood like, tension yeah, see exactly. them on the street and you're like I gotta run like yes and that was makes it even harder because 100%, you know yeah. I'm, I'm trying to say goodbye but I'm also like keeping doors open at the yes, same time exactly yeah, yeah so and i wanted to make sure i wasn't making the wrong decision but at that point the only reason why i decided to have that conversation is because my mom went to go work at a place in per credit and she was working there for about three months and i was working at the place in clarkson for about three months and she kept saying like come over here she's gonna put you on commission she's gonna give you this she's gonna give you this she wants you here she wants you here she wants you here and i'm like okay let me just come in and talk to this woman so i went to go talk to her and i'm like and at this point, I had known for myself, like, promises sometimes don't always get fulfilled, you know. 
So even though she's saying all these amazing things to me, how do I know these are actually going to be true? Yeah. So they can change their mind whenever they want. Exactly. So I decided I would work there Mondays on top of the other two jobs I was working to kind of see how I liked oh, it. Oh, no. Okay. So I worked there Mondays. I brought some clients that didn't want to go to Clarkson there. Um, kind of so felt kinda it out. Kind of keeping like your clientele Yeah. Happy. Yeah. So I was like, some were texting me. Some were calling the salon. Then I was going to the bar. Then it was like, it was a little bit of a mess for a little while, but I... For me, I always feel like I need to do my research before I make a change. Like, and I think I just like, I have calculated thoughts, you know, when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, um, after about, I think it was three and a half months, I didn't really give a long period of time, but I already knew where it was leading to. It was going to take me, you know, so much more time to get where I wanted to working at this place. The one in Port Credit. Um, the one in Clarkson. Oh, the one in Clarkson. Okay. So yeah, at that point I went and I had a conversation with her and she was like, no, what can we do to have you stay? Like, and you know, I was like teary eyes. Like I was like, I don't want to leave, but it has nothing to do with anything except it's just strictly about the financial part. And you guys can't give me what I need. And I understand that. I understand that. Like it was a big salon and they're going to do it for me. They're going to have to do it for everybody, you know? And, and I could understand that, but I just, I needed to to do it's time this. to spread your wings and fly yeah. to the next place yeah. yeah and then i started working full-time at the other place and when i moved over there i quit the bar so i kind of okay. went all in at that point i was like okay i'm gonna take a chance and i'm gonna do it how wait you didn't even say so now you're working <laughs> with your mom again yeah <laughs> i left that part out <laughs> <laughs> i was like you let yes. that slide yes. so what because you said originally you had only been working the mondays at the place in poor credit yeah so now was it like a monday to friday kind of thing um, or like tuesday to saturday and then mo- when was your mom in so mondays in the hair industry are just not busy right. to begin with so at that point um she was trying something new out with having people work mondays and we kind of decided that like it wasn't worth it so i went back to working tuesday to saturday at the salon um the only reason why i agreed to go there was obviously a the income and b because me and my mom weren't running a business together so she was working in the back in the spa i was in the hair department i wasn't working for her that was the problem a little bit was like i would think of all these promotions and ideas when we had the salon and she would let me you know have free reign and then all of a sudden she'd be like no that's too low and i'm like but i just did all this work <laughs> and i'm like and i already told people about it. i already put it out on social media like i already and she's like no no no, too low i'm like you can't undermine me like that like okay and, so i fully you know, see where these arguments yeah. stemmed from so i think i was like maybe we can work together but not work like for each for other, each other or sense, yeah. i work for her vice versa so yeah, we did that. And uh, it was interesting, too, um, when I made the move. But uh, when I started working there, um, again, I had met a lot of really good people. I stayed friends with a couple people from the other place I worked at, which was nice, too, because, you know, you meet a lot of people along the way. And in this industry, like, you always end up running into people again. Yeah. No matter what well, it it's, is. It's not that big of a, like, it's parameter not. you've set for yourself it's here. Not. So, like, yeah, chances are it's going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. So when I had started working there... Um, it's funny. Actually, one of my best friends now, I had met her there and she was so intimidating to me. Like she was scary. She had like tattoos and she was kind of like, I mean, I have tattoos too, but like to me, I was like, to her, I was this like prissy kind of like bougie girl, I guess, which I'm not, but you know, I guess you could think that. Get the and, vibe. And to me, I was like, she's kind of like intimidating and she had a little bit of like a rockish feel to her. So like we, were, we looked like different people, but we ended up we're still like really good friends till this day. And I ended up meeting her working at that place. Um, and that was kind of like what got me comfortable with staying there. You know, I made some good friends there. The money was better. The money was better. I was able to bring my clients there. Um, and 
And I feel like when you're on commission, like the motivation is a little bit more as well, because if I'm not doing a client, I'm not making money. So my motivation was like, I need to, I need to get fully booked like every yeah. single day. I need to put yeah. it out on social media. I need to do promotions. I gave out free blow dries. I, I did a lot. Like I would do, I would assist the, um, even though I was a senior stylist, I would still assist the owner and I would be like, I'll help you with your blow dries. Like, because I just wanted people to visually see me. Oh yeah. You know, like and showing then, face is, exactly. is the way to go, especially yeah. to like all these yeah. people that have been going to that salon for so long and you were the outsider coming in yes. and you're like, hi, I'm Noor, like trying yeah. to show everyone who I am. And obviously we know how like women can be with each other. Like I like to empower other women, but there's a lot of people that aren't like that, that you come in and I'm the new person and it's a little bit different. And I went from, you know, being able to run a salon with my mom or help her where we had staff and now I'm the new person coming in. So I just kept reminding myself not to, you know, not to let anything bother me and that I was a new person coming in and, and I understand why there was a little bit of cattiness in there. Um, but you know, shortly after that, everything kind of, I will say like all the girls there were great. Like it w there was not a lot of cattiness. So the people you worked alongside were good. Yes. Yes. Okay. The owner, not so much. I wasn't really happy long-term working there, but, um, so I mean, you made your move to, yeah. transition out again yeah so at that point you know um I started actually managing that business my mom was the spa manager I was the uh the, at the place in Port Credit yeah holy yeah. yeah when you came there I was managing the salon my mom was managing the spa that's crazy yeah I know it's like a little bit of like <laughs> but I started managing it and the funny thing is she didn't even hire me as a manager I just noticed that we were lacking um, certain things, certain things. Yeah. Like the clients wouldn't have anywhere to go to for complaints. They wouldn't have to go anywhere for questions that they had about prices. Like we didn't have a receptionist at this point either. So we were all answering mm -hmm. phones um, and people had questions. And I always had the initiative to go to the desk and go talk to people. And at first I wasn't understanding why the other girls weren't doing it. I was like, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. You know, I don't understand. And they'd be like, trust me, you're going to learn the hard way. You're going to learn the hard way. Like, don't, don't, you know, there's no point in doing that But this that is just here. who you are. Like, yeah, making I don't sure know everything gets done. Like, it's like <laughs> after working with your mom at Bells and Bows, you're like, yeah. no, like this is like a making sure like stuff yeah. gets done. Like, what do you yeah. mean I'm going to learn the hard way? Yeah. And I was like, I just, you know, I kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then slowly, I like to see things on my own anyways. Like you can tell me 10 times that this isn't a good idea, but I probably will still do it because I want to, <laughs> I want to see it for myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, I kind of, I did that for a little while. I was there for a couple of years and, um, you know, long, in the long run, I guess I realized like maybe I shouldn't have done it, but at the same time I learned for myself and, uh, and, uh, I ended up not being very happy working there. Um, and you moved again too. You were yeah. like, yeah. In port credit again, not in the, not in a condo. Yeah. I had moved. So at this point I was, you know, dating somebody that I wasn't in such a good relationship at this point, but I, I was living in Etobicoke now. Um, and I think shortly after that, I ended up going through like a big breakup too. And I kind of, it was a hard process, but I kind of like, I think I hit like 26 maybe. And I think I was finally like, you know, friends started changing, relationships started changing. And I realized like, this is not the, the, the route that I was going in my personal life with the people I was hanging out with, like my friends who I was dating, wasn't necessarily the route I wanted to take. Like I thought it was normal, but then, you know, you see certain things in a different light when you're not actually in it. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted better for myself. Like I just thought I deserved better. She did I, a big cleanse. Yeah. Of everything, <laughs> of everything. I got rid of my long-term relationship. I made new friends too. Um, got a new place. Got a new place. And I, at that point, I didn't really have any notice when I left this place of work. Um, 
there was a little bit of, you know, issues in there, but she had asked me to pretty much to leave. Like I was the first place I didn't leave. So I think it was just a little bit of like people, people liked the fact that I was manager, managing the place and the staff started having a voice and it was different. And it wasn't like that before. It wasn't like that before. So all of a sudden, you know, these two Shibley women come in and we're changing everything for the better, but, but obviously it's not maybe what she wanted. Right. Right. So, right. and there was Everyone works differently. So yeah. What one owner slash manager will appreciate and like and enjoy that you've changed. Another one will despise you for it because yes. you've yeah changed the way of the way things have been working just fine for all these yes, years. Yes, exactly. And people started having a little bit of a voice. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it didn't go over well, but there was a lot of messiness during that process yeah. that we don't have to get into. Well, but yeah, <laughs> well, people tend to like stand more of their ground when they feel comfortable that other people are doing so around them. Yes. They have more of a voice when other people start yes, to have a voice, exactly. right? So they're more comfortable to speak out. Yeah. Um, so then you started doing hair out of your out of my place. apartment. <laughs> so I moved to I moved to Port Credit at this point, and I was in my apartment, and I got an email Monday morning. I think the day before I was in the hospital for something. I don't remember what it was, but I remember waking up Monday morning and having an email of like, you know, basically termination, and then I wasn't able to come into work and. My whole world was upside down. Like that's this scary. Is like, it's and it's also One a client-based industry. Yeah. Like, so I'm like, my clients. What like, are you gonna do? That's my first thing where I went. My clients. I have appointments this week. Oh my god, I have rent to pay. Oh my god, I have a car to pay. I Everything have just piles in. All of these things to pay for, and I had already taken a big hit working at the other place and not making as much. So all the savings that I had gone through to like set myself up, you know, slowly but surely, like it, things cost money. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it wasn't at where I wanted to be at 25 and now I'm 27. So at that point when I was 27, I, I wasn't at where I wanted to be. So I thought, what can I do? What's going to be the fastest way to get my clients to like have a place. So I called a few salons to see if I could just like rent a chair or bring some, bring them there temporarily. And I wasn't really happy with any of this, any of, you know, what they wanted. But did um, any of the places say yes? Yes. But just yes. like on the terms you kind of want, they were yeah, like, it, it was work. a temporary thing. So I knew it was a temporary thing. I didn't know what my next move was at that point, but I knew it was going to be a temporary thing until I figured it out. So I was like, if I move my clients again, like every time you move your clients get a little bit bothered more and more. Some people don't mind, you know, obviously you didn't mind at all. You're like, I'm just going to follow Nora because <laughs> yeah. I love what she does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But some people, yeah, like, not you know, thinks I under like and I understand. <laughs> yeah. And I understand because change is hard for people in general right so i'm like bouncing back and forth now i think this is the fourth salon so i uh my apartment luckily was literally next door and above the place that i had been working yeah, at this so was kind of clutch i was like was. how do you get this yes. kind of setup yeah like, you're like where door. am i going yeah you're like where am i going i'm like next door and upstairs like yeah, i was like this yeah. door yeah you're like where does this door lead to like like it hidden just, door. the door doesn't match what her place looks like yeah. so i was like this is already not like nor like yeah, this door is like, so dingy yeah i, I know. like walk up and i was like I this know. is a bomb ass I place <laughs> i know when i had moved when i first saw that place um i i looked at it and i was like it has potential but it needs work <laughs> And I ended up like putting in like subway backsplash tiles myself. My mom helped me, um, painted the whole place. I added like a little closet cabinet in there. You gave it a facelift. I gave it a facelift. Yeah. I changed it up. I'm like, I, I know myself. I won't live here if it's not clean. And at the same time, I had just gone through a breakup, moved out of this townhouse. And I was like, I just need to go somewhere. Wait, so you went from condo to townhouse to apartment? To apartment, yeah. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Sorry, I missed your parents' place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that place, was there, too. Then the condo, then the... Oh, there was another place in the middle of all oh, that. <laughs> I lived with my brothers for a little period of time. How was that? 
It was good. It was like no parents, but living together. It was for like, I think about a year in the middle of that all. Um, it was, it was good. It was actually, it kept us like close. That's but good. Living with Both two boys was a little bit difficult. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel you on yeah, that. Yeah. It was a little hard. So at that point I was in the apartment and, um, so you, you I, bought all this equipment or yeah, like, I literally the next day, the how, next did day, did you just go on? Like, I guess Amazon prime wasn't even a thing then. Like where did you no, buy all like, this stuff off of? So the funny part is like my boyfriend at the time, who's my fiance now, I had, called him and i was like hysterical and he was like what do you mean what do you mean i don't understand and i'm like this is a situation like i need to act fast because she was already kind of trying to get my clients to come there and i was like i need to act fast i need to let everybody know social media email everything like what my next move is yeah so you're thinking like like 10 steps ahead he's like just trying to like figure out what you just said over the phone yeah i'm like okay this is i'm gonna do this this and this and this he's like what i I just i didn't even know that you got let go like what do you mean i'm like okay this is what i gotta do so i found a bunch of places so i found like um i bought a mirror from one place that was nice i found a um a salon wholesaler place that had like chairs i went to my supplier who i already had a relationship with for so many years and i bought like a lot of color products i bought i had all my tools at least so i had to get lighting for the apartment because i needed proper lighting for coloring and i pretty much set everything up by the end of that week and then wow i had already reached out to everybody and i uh got uh i started using that square so yeah, yeah. i remember that yeah because i was like i need to charge people because you're I so need excited to book. show you like i got the square yeah. i remember i was like wow was like, she like fully yeah. is set up yeah like, so I got the square and I downloaded like... Do you want to like, describe what the square app? is just in case yes. they don't know? <laughs> so it's basically, um, it's a very small square, about this small. And you just plug it into your phone where your aux would go. And um, it's essentially like a, a POS system pretty much. So it, I can... Like a mobile version. Yeah. So I was able to do like credit card charging and everything for anybody at any point in time um, just through that app. Like you, you download the app and it kind of goes hand in hand. So it was convenient. It was quick. I was able to go, I think I went to like Best Buy and bought it. So it was quick. Like, so I was, I was able to do that very fast. And, um, it was one of the ones that had a better rate and kind of a quicker way when you receive the money. Um, and it was also convenience at that point. I was just wanted convenience. I was like, what is going to be easy for me and my clients? Exactly. So So you're all set up in your apartment. I had an app for like my booking schedule and I did that for, I think it was a few months. I think it was a few months when I was, you know, it was at least four to five months actually, because it was into the new year and I, I had left that place in October. So. How did your clients feel about that change? Because I feel like that's yeah. the most large one in the sense that, okay, it's import credit, but it's not a salon anymore. They're coming into your actual home. So I feel like some people like, I don't know, my grandma, for example, oh, yeah, someone's course. super traditional and like there's stairs or like there's no, ele- like it's not, there stairs, you just walk yeah. in, right? And so, the stairs were pretty steep. Yeah, like, they were. They were, yeah, were kind of narrow too, no? Yeah, they were narrow too. Um, so how like that? a trap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're making this sound like literally like an alleyway, like in New York City that's like dingy. And anyway. Um, so my how- fire escape reminded me of New York City <laughs> on the side. I was like, this reminds me of New York. <laughs> kind of looks like it. No, I'm yeah. Um, so how was the transition for your clients? Um, Did you have a lot of clients during that period or was it just kind yeah, of filler? Yeah, at this point I had been hairdressing for 10 years. Like, I mean, I started... I started working this long when I was 16, even though I started building a clientele probably by 18, 19, especially with makeup. Like when I was in grade nine, I was doing grade 12 people for prom. That's sick. I was doing everybody's eyebrows. Like, so at that point I had already an established clientele, but I knew which clients would be comfortable coming and which ones wouldn't. Okay. Like there's certain clients that I know that, you know, wouldn't have been able to do stairs or, you know, just saying that it was my home was a little bit uncomfortable for them. And 
Um, and then I had the ones that I knew that had no problem. They would just come to me like you wherever I was. Right. So yeah. I reached out to everybody. I told everybody. And then the ones that I thought would be a little bit, you know, hesitant, I messaged them like personally. And I just told them, this is where I'm at temporarily. It w I didn't have enough time to kind of figure this out. So this is just a temporary thing. Um, I completely understand if you're not comfortable coming here and I can definitely refer you to somebody at the time. So, um, my my friend was still working at the salon I had just worked. So you had at. a good backup plan because you're like, okay, if I'm not getting the sales, and my friend yeah, better be getting it. She's gonna be getting the sales. Yeah. I, I and the thing is, at the salon that I was working at, there was people that did great colors, and there was people that were a little bit less experienced. And I didn't want yeah, everyone has their strength. Yeah, and I didn't want my clients to be going to somebody that wasn't experienced because I didn't think that they were gonna tell them that because they just wanted really my clients to stay at that point. So I didn't want them to have their hair fried or cut or ruined or any of these things and not be in good hands. So I was like, even if you're not going to come to me, whether you never come back to me or not, I just want you to be in good hands. Like, and she's an amazing stylist. So I wanted, you know, I wanted her to get the money too. Why not? It's like kind of win-win, right? Look at you, like thinking <laughs> of others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, but you know what? I will say majority of them were okay coming because I guess they That's had good. been there, right? They had been there doing everything. So the, the ones that weren't comfortable with the move along the way, I had probably had moved on already, you know? Um, and some of them came back to me later on in life, which is so weird. Like the ones that from Bells and Bows in the first place that I didn't get had found me at that salon. So it That's was just wild. Yeah. Cause they go sometimes when you're not happy with a stylist, you go to different salons trying to look for somebody and they would come in. They're like, newer. like, I'm like, oh my God, it's been how like, you're years? so old now. Like, you're <laughs> no, so much older. Don't. No, they like, don't. I'm older, right? But they're like, <laughs> look at you, you're a woman. And I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. So it was nice to see them too, right? And Of course, um, familiar faces. Yeah, and yeah, I just, at, at that point, I just wanted, I didn't want to lose my clientele. I needed income, and I just wanted to do whatever was the fastest way. I mean, I did have a lot of support for my family, I will say that. Like, my That's mom's huge. always been my rock, and she was like, anything you need, you know, because my mom also got let go that day too. I right? was going to ask, like, what happened to your mom? <laughs> we both got let go the, At same, the same day. Time. She was like, I'm going to cut these managers out because I want to take over my salon again, obviously, right? Like, so... At that point, my mom is quick on her feet too. Like she was the next day, like found a place, found a job. That's it. She was already the next day. She was already set. Oh yeah, she was set. She, I don't even know how she. How did you move your client list? Because now was that computerized or was that? In... It was computerized. So. Because I, I remember you telling me a little bit of it, but I don't remember how you actually like, did you get the full list? Did you get part of the list? Like, yeah. So how'd that go? my clients that I had originally followed me everywhere, I had their numbers in my cell phone. Um, and so. And even though I started working there, I gave access to all my clients into their, into their system. So right. they had everything in there. So they were even reaching out to my clients that I had brought with me. Obviously, most of them were loyal customers. Um, the ones that I had built there, you know, I'm a strong believer in like when you leave somewhere, it's a small business and I didn't want to take away from them. But there is people that didn't matter. Like they wanted to come to me no matter what. They didn't so care about what I the wasn't name about, was on the building yeah, at all. No. Yeah. So I wasn't about to, you know, try to poach the customers that I got from there. But I knew that there was people that had always told me, if you leave here, you tell me, you don't give me your information. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you need to give me your information. So some of those people I had either on Instagram, social media, you know, so I tried to reach out to as much as I could just to let them know because I felt bad. Yeah, well, this is a good, this is a pro to social media yes. at that point in time. Yes. It's like, it yeah, was like my I, platform for everything. I don't know how like, you would have. That was, that was my portfolio. So People even started searching my name and they would find my Facebook. They would find my personal Instagram, my hair Instagram. Like they would just find something. I'd be like, hey, where'd you and go? And they're like, they're just looking for me. Yeah. And then some of them had asked my friend that was still working that salon and like she couldn't give out information, but she was like, 
you know, she's in the area. She just kept saying she's in the area. Because was your the manager around, so she couldn't. Well, be like, I think she also was like, I think the man, the owner, had probably already told her like, I know you're close with Nora. Don't, don't say, say anything. anything. Yeah, I'm pretty. Or sure. else you're next to go. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Something along those lines. <laughs> probably. So she wasn't happy either, but she needed a job at that point, yeah. and I didn't even know what I was doing. Exactly. So I'm like, just like you're not gonna follow me. And not one of the other girls quit the next day though. She was like, I've had enough. You know, Hannah knew her like the one reason why this place was like like even manageable any, to like work manageable at. at all right yeah. like so she had enough she already wanted to leave before and she was just, like a mom with three kids so this was like and a breaking point for her when she saw yeah. all this happening she was like me too yeah she's like i'm out and i was like okay yay <laughs> <laughs> women power yes i love it so she had left too and like it was just a lot of changes because right before i, I had left too um a few other stylists decided to make a really big move and they moved to a different salon three of them had left too and like i think everybody had a breaking point too and like it was just a hard environment to work in like and it some people it was affecting their health some people it was affecting their personal relationships i know my relationship with like my fiance now but i he was so tired of hearing me vent to him every single day oh i'm like, sure he was like <laughs> i just can only take so many of those conversations yeah he's just like i've kind of had enough like i i i understand and i'm gonna support you but like do something about it at this point. Yeah. And I just, I'm like those kind of person that just like, I got to stick it out. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stick it out. It's going to get You don't stick it out for so long. Yeah. And then I'm like. Until you break. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, so I actually already had in my head that I wanted to go, but I just couldn't like. You make know, that move. I couldn't make it. And so it was kind of the kick in the butt forced you that to. I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I really needed it. And I'm glad it happened because I'd probably still be, you know, stressed out and. You know, sometimes we didn't have colors and different things. So it was stressful for me when I was working. It was a stressful environment. It was like, it, it was just a little bit tough. So yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to do it. But it, yeah, again, it gave me the kick in the butt that I needed. For sure. Okay. So then <laughs> after you worked out of your apartment for those few months, what pushed you to be like, I mm. want to open a salon this time and it's not going to be under my mom. It's going to be me. Yeah. Like so me, myself and I. Yeah, so I think. What was your business plan? Well, so I actually didn't have a plan, and oh. I didn't have the I didn't have a plan at this point. What the organized yeah. Norton? Yeah, not have a I plan. Know. I didn't have a plan, and I did not have the means to do it at that point in time. I wasn't prepared for it. I knew what I wanted to do. Like I had my goal when I'm 30, I'm going to open up a salon. I'm going to do it by myself. I'm going to do this, this, this. But I was, I think, 27 at that point, and like it all happened so fast. So I wasn't prepared for it. Um, so at that point. I had, you know, obviously I had called people for the chair rentals and figure everything out and nothing was working. So it was actually a business down the street from where my apartment was and it's a cell phone store. And, um, I remember it was, I think I just had a rough day. I remember everything was kind of hitting me. I was walking down the street and I had my friend's dog with me at the time. Beanie was with me at the time. <laughs> Cute. I love her. And, um, I was walking down the road and she was kind of like pulling me, dropped my cell phone. It broke. And I was like, kind of broke down i had enough that day it was just a really it's bad that one day. last straw yeah it was a really bad day and i went into that cell phone store and i was like i just need it fixed and i had knew him from the area like i always said hi to him we were always chatty um and he's like what's going on like and i'm like and i just kind of broke sure down to him i was like i got fired i this i that like i started breaking down and he was like i thought that was your place he honestly thought i was the owner because I was like, because you showed that much I was ownership doing everything, your, you know, and I was always daily, there. Yeah, I was always there. Like, um, so he, so I kind of explained everything to him and he's like, 
how much you need to open up a salon? <laughs> I'm like, what? This is the guy at the phone store? Yes, at the cell phone store. Like, and like, like, he works there. He owns the store. Yeah. He okay. owns the cell phone okay. store. And he was like, well, how much do you need to open a salon? Like, what does it cost? And I was like, well, I'm just, uh, X amount is what I, off the top of my head, what I think, you know? And he was like, okay, bring me some papers. Let me see. We'll talk. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I went home and like, I think it was like two days later, I pretty much made a business plan. I, I pretty much said like, okay, this is what it's going to cost for everything. This is where we can go. And I already had a vision of everything that I wanted to see. I already knew in my head what it would look like, you know, where I'd want it to go, how would I would uh, promote it? Like all of that stuff. I just had to kind of give him the plan and, you know, so I brought it over to him and you went back to the phone store, like into went back the, phone to the phone store. store. And I was like, so, you know, um, Martin, this is my business plan. <laughs> what do you think about it? And he was like, Okay, and we chatted for a bit and he agreed to invest in the salon and holy cow. that kind of made my dreams come true at that point you know so he gave me free reign to do everything to design everything he like i honestly ha i owe everything to him because i wouldn't have been able to do any of that without him so he kind of you know was like i'm gonna sit back i'm gonna be like more like the silent part you can run the business how you want you can decorate how you want you can do this you know Obviously, when it came to some of the financial point, we'd obviously would discuss that stuff, 100%. obviously. But he was like, I guess he just, which is crazy to me. How would you trust me? How do you, you don't know me. But he's like, I, he's like, I just, I feel good about this. He's like, I feel good about this. Wow, I he think really you know your saw stuff. something in you. And I think because he thought I had, the other salon was mine. So he saw how hard I worked without even really knowing me. Like he saw I was always there. And he knew I lived down the street. He knew people that I knew too. Cause I know that I've lived in Port Credit my whole life pretty much. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, obviously paths he, cross names yeah. get dropped. 100%. Yeah. And, and he has spoken to other people that knew me and knew my family, um, knew what kind of stylist I was, what kind of person I was. And, um, yeah. And he, he agreed. So at that point we started looking for places that were available for lease. And you want to be on Lakeshore. I wanted to be on Lakeshore. You know, I still had that plan. Mm -hmm. I still had that plan. I wanted to be on Lakeshore and, um, we started looking around and this was probably November when we started having this conversation. It was about a month after, um, still doing my clients in my apartment during the process, letting them know that now I've decided we're going to, we're going to open up a place in Port Credit. I just don't know where or, or yet. what yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I pretty much gave myself like from probably around Stave Bank to, um, uh, where like La Villa Bakery was like, yes. Cum or Cumberland, like around there. Yes. Like that was kind of like the area I wanted to be in, but in poor credit, it's really hard to find a commercial property available for lease. And if you do, they either don't have proper zoning. They don't what have. Does that mean, proper so zoning? with the city, again, going into these zonings and permits, like they're zoning for any type of establishment that you're going to have. So if you're a hair salon or a retail store, you have different type of zoning. Oh. So for a hair salon, it's personal establishment. Um, for like, say, a cell phone store, it's retail. Restaurant has their own, too. Like gotcha. everybody has their own zoning they need. So some of these units don't have zoning for what you need. And then you have to go through the process of permits and all that stuff that I went through with my mom. And I don't have time for that. Yeah. So like, we, I need to get I this up this, and running like now. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. So I was like, okay, we need, like, I had a list of the top things. We need to find a place that is going to be available and have proper zoning with a good size. Um, has to be in this area. Has to be affordable. And it can't need too much work. Because a lot of them, like, needed a lot of work. So... We just kept looking and we just kept looking and looking and looking and looking and like kind of like almost hitting the refresh page every time yeah. just to see in poor credit. Yeah. Like what would he even started looking stem. up to Clarkson. Like we looked everywhere and like 
were having a hard time. And finally, um, this one unit came up and I, we went to go speak to like right away. We're like, don't even put, I think we had heard through the grapevine. I don't even think that they had a sign or ad out yet. We're like, don't even put That's up a sign. We, we need to come talk to you. Somebody had told us, I don't remember who it was, but somebody had mentioned this unit. And I was like, okay, let's go find out. And at this time, his cell phone store was where the salon is now. So he was in that unit at this moment. Okay. Where the salon is today. Yes. That was his cell phone store at that moment. Okay. So the unit was a few doors down. So we went to go see it. And, you know, during the process of everything, um, we pretty much said, like, it's a little bit small and they didn't have water. So we would have to do a lot of plumbing work and stuff, too. Oh, it's expensive. And I gave him an idea. I was kind of like, I don't know if he's going to go for it, but I'm going to give an idea. I'm like, what if you moved your cell phone store over there? Because it's easy. It's a cell phone store. Like, he didn't need water. He didn't need that much zoning. He didn't need all of these things. And he obviously knew the landlord that he had. And he would have been easygoing with that switch. And the woman from the new unit that we met was amazing. That family was so kind like they were just i loved them Aww. funny enough um they they have a huge salon like a big franchise so she was like oh my god you're gonna put a little salon in here like my brother has a really big salon like a huge franchise yeah, yeah. and um so at that moment he was like you know what i think this is gonna be our easiest thing to do like so so he was very taking to the idea which that's good yeah so imagine he moved, if he said nah, i really like where my store yeah. is though because he could have very he easily have, and then we would have had to work. keep looking yeah i think at this point it was already i think it was january or february so it already took us like a few months and we weren't finding anything but you're very active on it yeah oh yeah like every day i was out i was asking people if they had known if anything came up let me know you know if your lease is up even my landlord where i was living in my apartment he owns the whole building. So there's a storefront underneath and I'd asked him, but their lease was still, you know, not going to be up for a while. Right. Yeah. So he agreed. And it was like, at that moment, we're like, okay, let's get started. So we moved his place over and I'm pretty sure we did it in like three days. Wow. Like, I think I'm like, it happened fast. He moved everything over. Um, and we did all of the renovations in the salon, uh, plumbing, um, we had to put up a spa room at this point. Um, we had to install sinks. We had to do all new lighting, electrical, everything that we had to do. We had to get signs. All that stuff takes a long time. Permits, all of these things. And I think we did it in like five and a half weeks, which was like, like That's, to do that all yeah, was really record, fast. Record breaking. Yeah, it was really sure. fast. So I think that was the beginning of February, probably the first week of February. And we ended up opening up March 25th. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. And like, during that process my number one thing was how am i gonna find staff like yeah i was just gonna like segue into that yeah. so did you poach from the previous places <laughs> you worked at or did you have friends of friends like how, how did that that come above um about basically i had i had an idea in my head of stylists that i knew that were unhappy where they worked and i was like okay i'm just gonna put it out there let them know because I wanted to start small. I think a lot of reason why a lot of businesses open and close very fast is because they try to go too big too fast. And they say scale appropriately to yes. like what your needs are at that time. Exactly. And the other part is like, it's a big financial burden. Like I didn't want to be starting off a new business with that much debt. And I had already had established clientele. If I didn't, I probably wouldn't have done that. That's a big part. You can't just open up a hair salon without established clientele and 100%. expect that you're gonna have all these walk-ins like you need a base for your business first like you need the foundation and you can build up so I thought okay why don't we start small you know build a good team and get our name out there get everybody to know beauty in the blow dryer 
And then eventually, you know, we can work our way up. And so I found a couple people from one salon I worked at um, and my friend from the other salon that I worked at. And there was a co-op student that I had worked under me for like three years. I brought her as well at the time. And again, um, and yeah, and I kind of just built a good team for myself. And I just felt like everybody that I brought were really good stylists, good people. And they needed an opportunity to know that they can make more money and be happy where you work and that, you know, you don't have to own your own business to make to make it because I think that they kept thinking like, well, I can only be an owner to make this kind of money. And that's not true. You can achieve it. But you have to set goals for yourself and, you know, and you can get there. And I'm glad that you instilled that in them. Yeah. You're like, yeah. I want everyone to grow. I yes. want everyone to set goals. Yes. Like this is a place day, where like, I always say that. Stale. Like, no, like I have, there's so much room for growth. Like they're, you know, their bottom is already better than what it was, but like, there's so much room for growth. And like, I don't have, you know, these set numbers for like sales that they have to hit. Cause it's hard. Like we're not in that kind it's of industry too. Like, like I understand that we need to make sales and we need to sell products and I'm all for that. You know, that is a big part of the business, but I don't want to sell my clients something that they don't need just because I want to make money. Like for me, if I'm going to tell you something, it's probably because you're really going to need it. Yeah. And most of the time you're going to trust me because I don't say it often. Like when is the last time I told you to buy a product? They um, really, like really needed. Forever ago. It, the yeah, o- like- oily, oily plex. <laughs> I can't even say it. All the plex. That's my favorite. Yes. The stuff you preach. I think yes. it was in your apartment. You put it in my hair for the first time. And then my, because my mom was still paying for my haircuts at that time. So I brought home the bill and she was like, why is it higher than last time? I was like, well, Norse my hair is really dry and I really need this product to make it like better because I work at the pool. And my mom's like, Okay. And she just like put it away. Yeah. And then I kept getting every time. And then you're like, I think you should just buy like the bottle or the mask. It'd yeah. probably be cheaper. It'd like be cheaper, you weren't yeah. even trying to cop my money. Like you no. literally like if you love it this much, like literally just yes. buy it. So that's literally the only product I can think of. Like you, yeah. you're not that type of person at all that like yeah. shoves all these products like Yeah. Like if know? I'm gonna I'm I look at it as like I'm an educator. So I'm gonna educate you on the products that you need, because that's a big part of this industry. I'm gonna educate you on all the products that you need and what would be good for your hair. I'm not gonna push you. Yeah. If you can do it, then great. If not, maybe you can do things slowly, but I'm just going to let you know what I think you need. Yeah. Because I think that's the best approach to it because I, I'm building like a, a, a lo- like a loyalty with my client. I'm building trust. I'm building 100%. all these things, right? They, they're be like, your words are the Bible in the hair world where yeah. like, if you're saying this is going to work, they're going to put their money into that product and trust that what you're saying is true and it's hopefully going to work on their hair. Yeah. Right. And it's the same with the, with the staff. I tell them the same thing. Like, you know, just educate your clients and I try my best to educate them. I, you know, I put them in a couple classes yearly and I'm always trying really? to kind of, yeah, like I, I, we, we cover half of their education throughout the year because I have requirement of them taking minimum of two classes a year because that's a big part of this industry. Like, do they do that the other that. salons? No. I think that's see, good. There is Keep some, them sharp. I will say that there is some, um, suppliers that provide free education. I do have my supplier that does that as well. Redkin's phenomenal for that alternative beauty supply. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love them for that. Um, but, uh, but not a lot of salons will take a hit for a class that you have to pay for. And I want them to take two classes a year. And I understand that not every people are going to say, well, I can't afford that. So my way is saying, well, I'm going to help you with it so that you can do it because that's a big part of your job. You need to keep, you know, I understand we have social media and YouTube and all these things where you can watch all these videos, but you also need to go hands-on hands-on is completely different. And I want them to have someone physically showing you the tips and tricks and techniques. Yeah. And I want them to keep growing. And if they grow, I grow the the more that they grow, the more that the business grows. Even me as a stylist, like being a stylist and, you know, managing the salon is very hard. Like it's both, but I try my best to kind of, you know, 
educate them as much as I can and help them and guide them to where I know that they can reach too. So what's the feedback you've gotten from when the girls go? I'm assuming all the sl- s- uh, stylists are females. Are they females? All of them? Yes, I actually just hired our first male. Woo! Yeah. Not that Bacon I was moves. against it anyway. I actually really <laughs> wanted a guy in there. I re- I'm like, you know, we don't have any cattiness in the salon. Everybody's extremely friendly and I I really, really like that. Yeah. But I thought it'd be nice to have a guy. And why not? Yeah, I was like, why not? And you know, he has wanted to come work at the salon for a long time. Like he was asking for a while. We just didn't have the space. Like we outgrew, we outgrew the space that we have right now. And I was How like, how many chairs are there? So we have, um, we have our makeup areas, like three chairs. We have uh, stations, um, four hairstyling stations, three more color stations, and the spa room. So at the time, we were doing some spa services. Now we're not. Okay. So. January, February, we're doing renovations. We're going to get rid of that spa room and, and we're going to put chairs? in more stations. Yeah. Cause like we're it. finally getting to a point where like I need more, more stylists and we're growing and thanks to our blow dry club, I would say the most, because I think that concept really, really, you know, um, had us take off a bit. And, uh, yeah. So now we're kind of reaching my, the second part of where I see, saw our two year plan. And hopefully when we hit five years, it'll be at the other plan that, you know, I'm trying to strive and get to. And yeah, so far it's been amazing. Like, I can't complain about anything really. <laughs> what um, feedback do you get from the girls? Well, I guess this guy will be going at some point too to these um, courses. Like when they come back, do you kind of not like test them, but like, oh, what did you learn? Did you learn anything interesting? Like, do you go with them? Like, how does that? Yeah. So work? I actually you know, go to ed- I go to classes as well. Like I need I need to too. I'm a stylist. So um, I think the first year um, the classes that everybody had gone to, some of them had went individually as well. And then we also do in salon classes as well. So sometimes I'll sit on it in on it. Sometimes I'm just listening. I'm doing other work. Um, and we also have our own education classes. So like me and my other stylist, Allison, uh, we taught like a balayage class. Oh, and yeah. And all the girls kind of like we did hands on and, and theory like and that was great for them. Did you do that on an actual real human head? So we did. So what we did was we did mannequins for practice. And then day two, we brought a model in. And we actually did like a model. I mean, anybody that, come on, there's a lot of people out there that want a free balayage. Oh, yeah. Like, I was going to say, so was it free or like half price or what oh, was yeah, the it was, promo? It was free for her. She loved it. And she ended up coming back later and being like, this is a big difference in price. But but she got a free balayage out of it. And um, everybody got to kind of see. Because working on mannequins is not always the same. You know, you get to see, but you don't get the difficulty with like colored hair and all these underlying pigments and all these difficulties that come up when you're doing with a human head. Yes. (laughs) You know, somebody says to me like, Oh, I have virgin hair. I haven't colored in five years. And I start lightening their hair based on what they told me. All of a sudden the bottom is like bright red mids, like orange and the top is beautiful blonde because it's only grown out halfway. And they're like, Oh, maybe it was like two years ago. That's actually happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. <gasps> oh my all god. The time. So what do you I think do? that's a we big like thing for hairstylists. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I started learning that we're gonna do patch tests. So that's smart. I'll, yeah. I'm like, we're gonna do patch tests if we're unsure. I mean, we can visually see a little so bit. Where would you patch? So I usually take a section out from underneath your hair here, and usually I try to take like a coarser area because the fine areas kind of they'll lift better. So I try to take like a coarse area back here and we lighten it from root to end and we see how it lifts. And that's how we can kind of find out. We also want to do that because we want to see if their hair is going to go to what we want it to. Right. Before you put in that time and work and then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. And also like, because in the end of it, they're going to expect, doesn't matter if they know or not, they're going to expect the picture that they showed because everybody expects it. And the problem with that is all of a sudden now I'm like, well, listen, your hair is not lifting to what it needs to go to. So 
this is the first process that we have to go to. We're going to have to do another session. So to eliminate all of that, doing a patch taste is the best way or and that's for a new client, I would say. Right. And um, or what we do is, you know, we just do a really good consultation. Like I do like a 30 minute consultation for any of those large appointments and I get their entire history. I get I, I give them realistic goals. I'm like, this is what you're the goal you want. But this, this is, is the more time like it's going to take get. you yeah, to get there. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the money it's going to cost you as well. Some people see a balayage and they're like, I want these highlights. You know, this is the thing I love the most. Like, I want highlights in my hair. I'm like, okay, full head of highlights, whatever. So I started asking on the phone, are they the grown out highlights? And they're like, yeah, yeah. The light. I'm like, that's a balayage. That requires <laughs> correct, yeah. <laughs> a lot of time. I need to see your hair first. And they're like, oh, can I just book the appointment? I'm like, I need to see it because it can range from like two hours to nine hours. Like, my biggest Let's see your head of hair. was nine hours. Wow. I'm like, it's it's a, one like so that was your whole appointment for the day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Whole day with her. Yeah. And please I think tell me she was one, happy with her hair. Though. Oh yeah, she was happy. And she was a great client. But there's been times where I've booked a four hour balayage and it's turned into a seven hour balayage. So I try my best. It still happens sometimes. Then how do you book like your next appointment? Like do you have to push them all or do you just block so off the, more time? In that time I like this is why having an assistant like really so, pays off. Yeah. Because she'll do her best to kind of like I'll juggle back and forth so I'll be like I tell the client that I'm with like you know now it's got pushed behind so I have other clients I have to attend to attend to so like I'll try to take care of them sometimes I'll have a good client I'll ask them if they can come the next day or um I'll get one of the other stylists to help me out but it doesn't happen very often because I've tried to eliminate that by doing a really good consultation and I always give myself more time good so even yeah, if you I know I need three and a half bumps on the road I give them four and a half and I tell them I'm basing this price on four and a half. If we do go over, you know, these are the changes that will happen. Because I just think honesty is better. And then the surprise. I want to know end. if this, this is going to cost me $450. I want to decide if I'm going to do it or not. Not after I've done it. Oh, my God. I don't even have $450 in my bank account. Like there's people that don't even have that, you know, and all of a sudden they're like stuck having to pay for something that they never got quoted for. Like, yeah. so everybody does consultations, quotes. Yeah, no. consultations are very helpful. I will yeah. say, well, I got my prom hair like yeah. done, and it wasn't even super complicated. But you, you still were like, I just kind of want to see what you're envisioning and if yeah. my vision's matching yours mm -hmm. and like the pictures you're showing me because, yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah, miscommunication is like the number one reason why people's hair do not turn or the out type, as they want. Yeah, the type of hair. And I remember, I think you're wearing acrylics that day. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> you're braiding. You're like, man, I'm having trouble like oh, yeah, finishing the braid. So you nails. got your friend to come over, and then she finished. She's like, thanks, and then. You just kept going i was like i love the teamwork like one yeah. girl's working then the next girl is like i learned my lesson never wear nails like that again yeah that's why my fiance was yelling at me he's like stop with these long nails i'm like okay okay yeah, they're a little impractical they are pretty but they are impractical yeah they're impractical um right. but yeah consultations uh yeah I, very fully important on board with that. very important and then like during that time if it's a big job we do get people to leave a deposit too just because like oh yeah it's easier we've had they a should. lot of no-shows a lot of no-shows like sometimes people will book a balayage and change their mind and they just don't call you so and then you have nothing booked for the nothing. nine hours. So the first like six months when I wasn't doing that, I was like, oh, I very, like, very, very quickly learned that like, no, we're doing deposits, you know, or we take a credit card or we do like. What's a deposit? So if it's on a balayage, it's a hundred dollar deposit and it's refundable up until a week before. So gotcha. some places don't give you refundable deposit. I, I do up until that point. It seems pretty fair. Yeah. Um, for all of our other services, we have a 24 hour cancellation policies, which isn't bad. Um, 
And, and you know, some things do happen. Like things come up. Yeah. And yeah. 100%. Like if you were to send me a message, you've never missed an appointment. You've never come in, you know, that late. If you were to say, I can't make it today, I'm not going to charge you because I'm going to be like, yeah, it's like, hey, I got in a car up. accident. Like, what? Do you, okay. Oh, the first thing you want to hear is <laughs> like, charge you. <laughs> right. Like, oh, like, can you just Uber here? Because um, like, yeah. I don't have anything else to like, yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. I feel like it does depend on the client and the client's history. Yes. Um, to make that call yeah exactly yeah it's true yeah like all of those things so we take that all into consideration like i kind of customize things i mean i try to have I'm, i want to make it fair for everybody but i also try to you know work i have to work around the line sometimes like which is understandable but um for the most part i think that policy makes it the easiest way like you learn with trial and error and through experience you learn what works and what doesn't work sometimes i've implemented rules that i thought would be a great idea and they weren't as great as an idea or like my philosophy with the salon when it comes to the staff is I don't want to be on top of you. I don't want to micromanage, but I also want you guys to respect the fact that I'm not doing that. So I'm not going to tell you, you can't have your phone, you know, only on your break. I'm not going to say, you know, you have to be here for the whole day if you have no, don't have a client, but I'm going to ask you to respect the fact that, you know, you're not going to take advantage of these things. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's made it harder for me. Sometimes it's made it easier for them or easier for me. Like depends on the situation. You know, yeah. yeah. And you just sure. learn, you learn along the way. I'm still learning. No. Yeah. Well, we, sh we should always be learning yeah. whether we're in school <laughs> or not. We should always be learning. Yeah. So are you happy with the path that you're currently on with the salon? Like it's your three, three year plan, five year plan. Yeah. Ten, it's all looking like it's hitting yeah. the spot. Yeah. It's definitely getting there. And like, I definitely could not have done it without, martin like he like yeah, if he, he was did a not, huge push yeah if he did not take that chance to do that like i we wouldn't i wouldn't have been here i don't even know maybe i'd be working somewhere still might still be bartending yeah at i don't know restaurant. you know and i and i definitely wanted to eventually one day like you know be on my own open my own but i think where we're at now like we just have a really good like relationship and i feel like we can we can continue to do this for a really long time good good what are some of the most difficult obstacles that you've encountered <laughs> i feel like you've already kind of talked about them but like <laughs> through your whole career like path what what's something maybe some an obstacle and some advice that you'd give to help someone steer away from it or how to make better of the situation um i would say in hairstyling um you have to really really love what you do i think that some people get into it thinking it's either easy or um you know it's a hobby and you can get paid for it but it's really not so if you cannot be on the go constantly working late hours, um, you know, be hard on your body and be in a talkative environment, if you can't handle the things that come with it, the job is not going to be easy for you. Like there's days where I'm on my feet for 14 hours a day. There's days where, and that even happened before I, you know, had the salon. Um, and there's times where, you know, you don't get to eat lunch for all day. Or you get to eat while you're mixing color. There's times where, you know, you're juggling. Like, I'm on the phone with the client and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do this. And, you know, it's hard on your body. It's hard on your relationships. It's physically difficult and, you know, it's exhausting. But if you really love what you do, like for me at the end of the day, because I enjoy what I do, none of that stuff matters. Even if I complain about it, even if I come home and I'm like, I'm so well, tired. It's, it's, it's healthy to rant. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're only being honest. Yeah. yeah. After 14 days, I feel like I can go smash some squats at the gym. Like, yeah. no, oh, definitely probably not. not. Definitely not. You know, and there's, there's health things that come along the way. Like it's hard. Like I have to go to physio every two weeks or I have to go to acupuncture massage every two weeks. Cause like I now have a bad shoulder. That's part of it. I have a bad back. That's part of it. My feet are swollen. 
all these other things for women's that come up. I got these spider veins in my legs now too. You know, all, it's not as glamorous as it seems. You know, you do get to have your hair done and you get to do all these things, but it it is hard. So I would probably say make sure that you're in it because you enjoy what you do and love what you do. That's probably okay. the, the most important thing out of everything because it will reflect on your work as well. Yeah, I bet. Like if you don't enjoy it and you're just pushing through it, your clients are going to be able to feel it and see it. And that's, you know, that makes all the difference for them and you. You want to be happy Their with what experience, you're doing. Their experience, yeah, 100%. Um, who would you say is your biggest role model through the, all of this? Um, probably my mom. Probably, yeah. Just because, like, she's gone through a lot, a lot. And, she, you know, she's had a business. She's lost a business. She's lost her husband. She's had, you know, all of these struggles. And now has a spa for just herself, a little unit just for herself. No staff to worry about. You know, nobody to work for. Is she where? Where is she at? She's in Port Credit too. Yeah. Oh, okay, but just not at your place. No, she okay. just opened up a little store for herself. Like she, she can't work for somebody. You know, like she's worked for herself all these years. She can't work for anybody. <laughs> I could just see this like little pocket in Port yeah. Credit. Like yeah, it's like a little place for her. I mean, it's a beautiful place. Um, it's called Natural Touch Spa, and um, it's perfect for her. So it's like she finally found I think what works for her. She doesn't have to work for anybody or run a full business with staff, but. It's a place where she can come and go as she pleases. You know, she's still young. I mean, my mom's only 52, but like she, you know, she has a lot. She's been through a lot in her life. So yeah. I feel like she needs to be able to come and go as she pleases. And sometimes she wants to go at 6 a.m. and do all of her clients, you know, because they want it. Sometimes she'll work late. But depends. Yeah. I think that she's gone through a lot of hardship and, you know, obviously showed me a lot along the way and kind of I don't think I would probably be an entrepreneur where I'm at right now if I if. I mean, I do think it runs in my blood, but both my parents were. And I think that seeing my mom go through all of that, I think really, really guided me and put things into me, perspective. Yeah. And showed me like, you can really strive for what you want. You just have to work at it. Yeah. And I like what I envision is still like bigger than what I even have right now. Like I want us to have multiple locations. I want to be a franchise. I want the one port credit to be the flagship store. I want to have way more staff. I love those. I, I want to build our brand. Yeah. Like you know, we're starting to do like capes with our logo and stuff. I want to build our brand, like coming up with the name Beauty and the Blow Dryer. You know, my fiance helped me with that a lot and the logo I had designed and all these things. And I just feel like where I want to take us is probably because I've seen my mom go through a lot of it. And she's definitely my biggest role model for sure. Oh, I remember yeah. when I got my eyebrows done I'm by cry her. Me say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, my new <laughs> When me and my sister got our eyebrows waxed, like your mom would always be giggling because me and my sister would like be all like uncomfortable and be like, oh, it's like yeah, it's going like, to happen now. Like, because yeah. you're so young, but like it was yeah. such like a treat to get her eyebrows done because like haircuts were like mandatory by your mom. But like yes. eyebrows were like another another playing field. So yeah, like, it was like we got to fiddle with all that stuff. I mean, now my sister knows how to thread eyebrows. So Oh, does she? Yeah. She learned off YouTube and like, she's good. I was like, See? you could make a killing at school. Like, why are you not charging people to do this in your freaking room? It's like room? free education now. Right? Like people are doing hair at home, extensions at home, microblading at home, eyelash extensions, all these eyelash things. Eyelash extensions are huge. Like yeah. people who do full time eyelash extensions. Yeah. First of all, I don't know how you have the patience and the precision and the eye for it. Like yeah. that's a skill in itself, but yeah. like it makes some mad money if you do that. Yeah, like I even know hours. people that work at the bank or work in like work in financing or work in education, any different things. And now they're doing like eyelashes on the side or some of them have stopped their careers and decided to do that. Now. Yeah, just pursued it full time because they're like, I can do it at home. I built my own studio and I can, you know, yeah. so like now the opportunity to do all these things in beauty industry, like, you know, social media has 
made that a lot easier. Yeah. Sometimes it makes it hard for us because 100%. we work hard for what we do. And there's also a lot of people out there that don't have enough education and shouldn't be doing things because then, you know, it affects the clients. But there is a lot of room for, you know, women that can't afford to go to college and do all these things to take these courses or just learn and make it easy for themselves and build right. a life for themselves. A hundred percent. Um, just to touch on your dad for a second, what did he do for a living? Cause you said he was entrepreneurial as well. Yeah. My dad had, um, uh, car rental. So thrifty car rental. Oh. Yeah. Thrifty. They teamed up with dollar dollar car rental, but thrifty car rental. He had a location in Etobicoke. It's a franchise, but he had one of the locations in Etobicoke okay. for a long time. He was actually a pharmacist originally. He was a pharmacist. Yeah. He was a pharmacist originally like back home. And we came here and he was working as a pharmacist too. Wait, when you mean back home, you mean in? Um, so he was working in Lebanon. My parents um, had us, well, had me in Kuwait. So they had met there. My dad was working in the Middle East, basically. Essentially, okay. he was working in the Middle East as a pharmacist. Um, and when he came here, he was as well. And then he kind of got into the car rental. Okay. And he was doing that pretty much right up until the time where he passed. But um, yeah, I would always, you know. He was there day and night whenever he was working. My, uh, like both my parents were, my mom didn't work at the time. So like she slowly started being like, well, I want a job and I want to work for myself. I don't want to help you run your business. And I want to, you know, I want to do these things. The kids aren't young anymore. I don't have to stay at home or babysit. You know, she was working babysitting. Like that's what she was doing when we were growing up. She wow. didn't really work. So she finally started deciding like, this is what she wanted to do. And my dad, you know, had his, his business too. And both of them were entrepreneurs and seeing both of them do that kind of made me want to. And I also think that I'm the kind of person that works better for myself or with somebody, but not necessarily for somebody. Yeah. Under your own pressure. Yeah. For sure. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, yeah. How would you define success? And would you consider yourself successful with where you're at right now? Um, I would probably define success as um, definitely... Part of that is back to it, doing what you love. I think like being successful doesn't just mean making money, um, doesn't just mean, um, you know, kind of like where other people think that you should be. I think that being successful is a mixture of the goals that you set for yourself in your life and reaching them, um, you know, being proud of where you are, definitely, and, you know, reaching your goals financially to... I think it's a mixture of all of it. And I, and although I think that I've reached a certain part where I am proud of myself and I do think that, um, you know, I, at times I'm definitely like, okay, I feel like I've reached where I want to, but I still feel like in order to be fully successful where I want to be, I need more time to get there where I can fully say like, okay, now I'm like really, really, really happy where I'm at hundred percent and I've reached that. And I know I'll always keep striving for more, but, um, I think that in the journey that I've had in my life and, you know, the obstacles that we've had, I think that I've come a long way from them and, you know, being successful in that point. But I definitely think there's a lot more room for me to, to grow still. Awesome. But you do consider yourself successful? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do consider <laughs> I myself successful. The... Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, okay. So just some like lighthearted fun questions then. So what do you do? Probably you don't have a ton of time um, <laughs> because you're so busy at the salon, but you're engaged now. Yes. So what are you, I'm, I was going to say, what are, your, what are your <laughs> hobbies? But I feel like the whole, you're just like planning your wedding. Like, I what haven't do you... even started planning the wedding. No? I literally have not even, I don't even know where I want to get married. I haven't even, every girl knows that and I 
haven't even started. Like, but you don't want to like get married for is another year or two anyway. Yeah, we're gonna wait. Um, we're gonna wait about a year and a half. We're gonna probably do June. We're thinking around this time, June twenty twenty one. Um, I just need time. Like I don't have a lot of time on my hands regularly, so like I need enough time to plan it to do what I want to do. Um, this is a really busy time of year for us, so uh-huh, I bet I. I didn't want to like take on a burden of like trying to trying to do too many things at once. I wanted to, you know, worry about Christmas time for the salon. I already have to buy a new car. I need to do these things, you know. <laughs> so I was like, I need to focus one thing at a time. So, yeah, not take on too many. Yeah. So we pushed it kind of to the new year um, to kind of start planning everything. We have, you know, when when we want to do it in mind, but we haven't really gotten to that point. And, you know, it's kind of all happened really fast. Like, so... I mean, we got engaged in July and it just kind of flew by since then. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your hobbies you do in your spare time? Like, do you <laughs> go to the movies with your fiance? Do you? <laughs> so spare time that I have usually. Did you just go home and go to sleep. <laughs> usually is. So usually it's him begging me like, let's do something. And I'm like, I'm tired. So most of the time I'm what tired. What does he do again? Um, He's a technical writer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, I forget, well, how, if your schedule's aligned yeah. or not really. No, we work opposite. Like he works seven to three 30 every day and oh, I work God. like either nine to eight, nine to six, Yeah, you know? So, um, our hours are usually, I come home and he's like about to go to bed. Now we have like one early day together that we made it and we have Sundays together. So, um, usually pretty much is, well, definitely TV. That's probably our biggest thing. Cause when I come home, I can do that. But, um, I've played uh, softball my whole life since I was a kid. So I still do that. Um, we just started up playing volleyball actually on Mondays too, which I haven't had a lot of time to do. And I had to apologize to the team. I've been to like two Aww. games. <laughs> yeah. I really, really trying. Like you I'm are trying. really trying it's to just, like, there's always something that happens on a Monday. Like it's either an event, the networking event I have to go to, or I have a lot of work to catch up on, or I finally have to you know catch up on our house stuff. We, we bought a house and we just closed it in September and I'm like trying to kind of juggle that and you know getting engaged and then the salon like it's do you have like, everything set in your house now or like yeah still... now we're situated okay we still have to buy like you know a few things to get more comfortable but we're unpacked for the most part i think there's like two boxes of my clothes that i have nowhere to put because <laughs> I, I need like that. a whole room for myself <laughs> and like i don't have it and it's I making me angry <laughs> you're like oh this is not enough closet space no, like, how am i gonna make do yeah like we you know what i'm glad we purchased we got a new bill and i'm glad we got it when we did but i need a bedroom just for my stuff and I, we don't have it <laughs> it's like his office slash guest room <laughs> slash his dresser slash i take up half his closet so <laughs> there's like really no room that's hilarious yeah but um yeah it's just there's a lot of stuff i guess going on along the way but yeah i would say probably for the most part definitely sports um i definitely love going to the movies it's probably one of my favorite things dinners with my friends um we like to host a lot so it's oh, always fun too. yeah which when is you have nice. your own place it's so much different than when yeah. you're in your parents house and so. family is like a big part for both of us i would say too um so if we're not seeing his family we're seeing my family my nephew because i have a nephew now finally too so i, I try to surround myself around which that. which um brother my eldest brother so my nephew just turned one in october oh he's adorable and my other brother and my sister-in-law are pregnant they're expecting in march too and they're both boys, so that's gonna be exciting. <laughs> that's wild! Yeah. Oh my god, that's really exciting. Yeah, well, congratulations really on that. That seems really exciting. Yeah, you definitely want to, yeah, make some time for yeah for the fam to go see the little ones. Yeah, and we don't all live close to each other either, so like it takes up a lot of time. Sometimes. Where's the farthest? Who lives farthest? Um, Georgetown. So I'm in Waterdown, Burlington. My uh, brothers in Georgetown. My other brothers in Brampton. My mom's in Etobicoke. Okay. And uh, my fiance's parents are in Hamilton. 
Okay. Which they're the closest to us. Yes. But yes. I, you know, my family is all spread apart. <laughs> all his family in one be place. Fun. Who, who does what where? Oh, we're hosting this year. Everyone? <laughs> Everybody. So his family and your family? Yes. <laughs> and it's on, uh, I work Christmas Eve. So like, I mean, Christmas, luckily it's Christmas day, but still like I'm working Christmas Eve. So I don't have a lot of time to prep, to prep and do things. Well, fiance will help. Yeah. I'm really lucky. I'm honestly blessed when it comes to this. Cause he cooks at least like three days a week for me. Like I'm really lucky. Like, good, good. Like even today he'll be cooking and I'll be home late <laughs> and he'll be like, dinner's ready. <laughs> That's so nice. That's yeah. A really nice thing to walk into yeah, after a long day. I'm lucky I totally his mom raised that. him well for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else you want to add to the podcast any advice you want to give or social media you want to plug definitely um you can follow us at beauty and the blow dryer um our, for our instagram facebook all of those things um we offer a blow dry club too which is very popular now it's a 99 package and you can treat yourself for 30-day membership and get six blow dries eight blow dries whatever you want which i feel like every woman needs wow and it's affordable you know like that's probably the Guys, hardest get point on right that. yeah everybody get on loves that. it I did it as like a promo in the beginning and it just took off and I was like, I need to keep it. Everybody loves <laughs> it's it. It's staying. It's staying like permanently. So definitely that. And I would just say probably um, definitely do what you love. Um, always keep striving for more. Set goals for yourself and definitely try to achieve everything that you want in life. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on today. It thank means you for the having world me. Yes. That you'd come on and uh, talk about your career path with everyone and the struggles you've had to go through to get to the amazing place you are now. <laughs> um, don't forget to hit subscribe to the podcast and give this specific episode five stars, preferably, um, to let us know how we're doing and drop a comment. <laughs> um, and then all her socials and my socials will be listed in the show notes of the episode. Um, this is a really great episode. I'm really glad you came on. Yeah, me too. I'm glad. Right. First time, but it turned out amazing, I think. Yeah. <laughs>